Will voice AIs like Amazon's Alexa transform how we interact with brands? We'll talk about that with Voice XP CEO, Bob Stoltzberg. Welcome to episode seven of Society 2.0. As I mentioned, we will be talking with Voice XP CEO and fellow Amazon Alexa champion, Bob Stoltzberg, about his views on voice and where voice is going in the next couple of years. Bob also talks about his basically uh, taking path less traveled, and he decided to spin up his company in the nether regions of Missouri, and I think he's in a town of about 400. Uh, Again, not popping up in Silicon Valley like most other firms or even in the big city. And uh, Bob has a unique look at how he did that, why he did that, and what his goals are for doing that. I'm really interested to get everyone's feedback on this episode, specifically about how Bob started up and where he is today. Uh, You can reach us at SocietyWire on Twitter or at SocietyWire on Instagram. You can also reach me at Bob at SocietyWire.net. Again, we always look forward to your feedback and comments and even your, uh, your recommendations on who we can interview for the next couple episodes. I'm releasing this episode the day after Christmas, and I've spent some time over the weekend reading more about AI. And, you know, I'm starting to believe more and more that there's just going to be this revolutionary change that's going to come that Elon Musk talks about and and some others. And that's just really going to uh, suddenly sneak up on everyone. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I don't think Skynet's going to happen. But there's a lot of work being done to advance AI, to make it more and more uh, like us, I'll say. And it's in, in more and more industries, taking over more and more jobs. And, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing because there will be jobs that are created, but there will be a disproportionate amount of jobs lost and, or displaced, if you want to use a euphemism. And I really do think that we're just not ready. We're not prepared. I mean, if you read articles about the DeepMind project with Google and their AlphaZero project specifically, how it's, it's developing what they would call human-like intuition, uh, that's really interesting. And that's really scary at the same time. What does it really mean? And I know we can turn the machines off. And that's what I hear all the time. Oh, we can just turn them off. But there will come a time where we'll, if they become aware of themselves. And again, I know this is like science fiction. And it may be so far down in the future that I won't even be here. And perhaps even my children's children won't be here. But it doesn't feel that way. It feels like it's going to come fast. And it's going to come suddenly when we aren't expecting it. Someone's going to make this magical breakthrough. And that magical breakthrough is going to change everything. And I mean everything. Whether we talk about the economic singularity, like I did with with Callum, Callum Chase, or some level of technology singularity, where they all kind of coincide with each other, the economic and the technology side, all of those things, we are just so unprepared for. We're focused on individual economies and, and migration or immigration. It is going to drastically change the world if there's some giant leap in AI. The problems that we have with countries being behind third world, first world, second world, 
will seem minuscule because sole or single countries will own the technology, will own the advancements. And that country will have an enormous, or countries, depending on where it, it, it starts, those countries will have an enormous advantage and an, an advantage that the other countries won't even be able to catch up with. It's, it's just going to be, be outside their reach completely. Because right now it's about building industry. It's about leveling the playing field somehow, having debt forgiven, uh, growing economies. But if there is some crazy, crazy singular advancement in AI that just takes one segment of the population and puts them over the top and no one else has access to it. And I, again, I, I, I hope that we're smart enough that we try to democratize the technology. But, you know, if history is any indication of how we behave, I don't hold out a lot of hope, at least in the early stages of it. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how things play out. Part of me wants to be here for it, just to see if, we're, if we've become better. Other parts of me worry that we're not going to behave well, and hopefully it'll be very, very far in the future. Or that we develop laws and, and ethical processes around how we should behave and how information should be shared. I know that's a, a long ramble, but it's something I thought about a lot over the weekend when I read these articles. And, and I just hope more and more people think about them. And uh, definitely encourage you to read Callum's books on, on the topic of the economic singularity. It's a really interesting perspective on where the world might go and where we might be headed. You know, some people think it, there's nothing to worry about. Technology advances all the time, and there's always a doomsday, and it never really happens. But this one, with AI, there's enough really smart people out there, like Elon Musk, that are saying we need to be worried about it. And uh, I think we start, we sh we all should start really thinking about it, and at least doing our homework and having more open discussions about where is this going to take us? How are we going to provide for everyone? And I mean everyone. As, as Calum says, you know, universal basic income probably isn't the answer. It's just not going to be, there's not going to be enough money for us to circulate. So anyway, let's, let's get on with the show. Let's, let's talk with Bob and, and, you know, again, love to hear your feedback. Let's get started. So I want to welcome to the podcast today, Bob Stoltzberg, CEO and founder of Voice XP and fellow Alexa champion. Welcome, Bob. Hey, thanks for having me on here. It's a real pleasure to be here. No, it's a pleasure having you. Just for the audience sake, Bob and I go a little way back, probably back from the 2015, 2016 when Alexa or Amazon started their Amazon Champion program and we've been members uh, pretty much ever since. So, uh there's a little history there. Yeah. So proud member. I'm so grateful for the the people and opportunities that this Alexa uh has introduced me to. Yeah, same here. I, it's been a pretty exciting journey to be involved from the very beginning. And uh, Amazon is always always coming out with new and interesting things for us to play with. And I, I think they're really on, on, on top of their game with trying to evolve. Alexa, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. They're on top of the game. I think they're leading the entire industry and, and they're experimenting a lot. And some of these experiments are changing the world. You know, Amazon's released more Alexa features and integrated it with more products than any other competitor, if that's what you want to call them. 
they've, they've placed huge bets on Alexa. So, and we see that not just from the products that it's being integrated to, but they're hiring tons and tons of people uh, with literally no experience doing this because it's so new. Uh, but but they're they're investing in people to keep building out the product and capabilities, and it's it's I don't think it's ever going to slow down in the near future. Yeah, and, and speaking of investing in capabilities, uh, you know, oh. you're doing things a little bit differently than everybody else in the industry. Uh, most people are either heading to the Silicon Valley or or, or trying to some find some big old city to uh, erect their 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 new company and plant their flag. But tell us a little bit about how you decided to do things. Yeah, you know, I'm. Uh, I was described once by one of my mentors as an anomaly because I didn't go to college. I've, you know, I'm a, I'm a technical engineer by trade, and I just have always, since I was very little, always operated outside of the establishment. You dance okay, to a beat so of a different drum. I make my own beat, banging my own. <laughs> I drum. built my own drum. You know, the um, so I fall into that preconceived notion of what they call an entrepreneur because I've just always done it myself and had to figure it out. I didn't go to school and nobody taught me. And so like a, a life is just a series of choices, experiments and learning from those failures and, and moving on and doing something new. And so I, I started Voice XP because... I saw the what it was was a voice experience, and I started it two years ago because I saw my kids talking to Alexa for half an hour a day, and I'm like, wow, this is like the same thing that when I was growing up and computers hit the scene. It was just you know complete focus, and coming from you know a career of 20 years in the enterprise IT world where I was in operations as the head Unix guy and then I moved to consulting and I was a sales engineer and a solution architect and I owned products and I ran marketplaces and I just I've got an amazing story of a technical career that helped me understand how voice can help business and how I could create some of these products and integrations to really move things forward. And so my kids were using it. I saw some opportunities and I had some business partners that had some great ideas that we were just able to uh, make them come to fruition. And we sold our first deals uh, before we really formed a company. So it was kind of, it was proven. We knew we had something there. And, um, you know, I, I took a different path uh, where instead of finding investors and go, hey, fund my idea, we have bootstrapped our entire business. Um, I took a small investment from family that, you know, it's like, we believe in you, go get them. And we've been, we've been able to sacrifice a lot, put everything into the business and we've grown exponentially. Like we're, we're set to double our growth that we had in revenue from last year. And how I've been able to do it, it's really the secret sauce and it's just doing things in a, in a common sense way. A good example, uh, we joined a startup accelerator program. You know, it's uh, one of the best in the United States. It's called Capital Innovators. They're one of the top 10 ranked. And it was a tremendous amount of information and resources and connections that helped accelerate us. It really did. Uh, and then I took that knowledge and instead of, you know, and, and tons of investment opportunity. I mean, I, I 
uh, a lot of these accelerators have what's called a demo day where you get up on stage and you pitch a bunch of investors and community people and business leaders, right? It's kind of your debut if you go through these accelerator programs. And we had already, you know, made six figures our first year. We had traction, but they really made us well-rounded, okay? And after that accelerator, getting on stage, we had investment opportunities that were um, over $700,000 that we turned down, okay? Mm. These, these cool investment ops, just they just didn't work out. Wasn't It wasn't right. And I got to admit, I've, I've made a lot of business mistakes along the way. Um, Welcome to the club. Had, that's, that's what it goes. It's, you know, a, the school of hard knocks and making mistakes is what teaches you as long as you don't make them again, you know? I mean, crazy stuff, Let, you know, HR issues, uh, investment issues, cash flow issues, competitive issues, you know, but I, I chose to, to get back to your question. I chose to, to make some, um, some, I made some decisions in the company that set us apart, that give us a competitive advantage. Uh, and, and as a business owner, I want to be the change that I want to see in the world. Right. And I, I started Voice XP at the time where there was a lot of sexual discrimination in the Valley. There still is. And I'm repulsed by it. Uh, there's so many stigmas and it's bro culture around tech companies and the way that they operate. And I, I just want to do it all different. Okay. So I got out of the startup accelerator. Uh, it just so happened that we closed on a farm in the southern Ozark Mountains, you know, in, in out in the middle of nowhere, population 411. I up and moved my entire family out to the farm uh, because, guys, it's, it's a cheaper cost of living out here. I literally saved 50% of what I would spend living in a city by moving out here. And it's a huge trade-off. But as a business owner... Uh, I'm trying to uh, live at, at, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm proud of this. I live as meager as we can because everything goes back into the business. We believe and we're building something massive and there's certain ways you have to behave as a founder and executive uh, and how you pay yourself to, to build a sustainable company, right? Like we don't, we don't draw six figure salaries. You know, we pay ourselves uh, poverty level wages so that we can just get by because everything goes back into the business. And when you show that to bigger investors and when you can maximize the returns, uh, it just helps. So moving out to the country, a lot of people be like, you're crazy, but it's worked. We live in a, a technology driven world where you can hop on a web conference or Skype and turn your live webcam on. You just have to see people to connect with them. I have to drive into the city or, you know, maybe fly once a quarter to, to to kiss some babies and shake hands, right? There's formalities involved, but I, I can do 95% of my work remotely. And another huge advantage to living out in the country is what most people consider uh, a problem, and that's the talent pool. Where I live now, the majority of people, the adults, especially the males and the guys are miners or loggers or truck drivers. It is as blue collar 
and American apple pie that you can get. And what most people, especially those in the Valley and the big cities don't understand is that this is the majority of the United States, you know? Well, it's what drives the country. It's really the, I mean, people don't understand that. If you don't come from a blue collar background, which I do, and and I, I venture to guess you do as well. I mean, when I grew up, everybody in my neighborhood was either a policeman, a fireman, a cop, or, or in some trades, trade union. Um, and, and everybody that I went to school with just about, you went to regular school, but you also had to go to trade school because your parents would tell you, you need something to fall back on. (laughs) So it's, I mean, those people drive the economy and you know, you, you hit, you hit on a good point though. It's like those, those folks drive the economy, but they're some of the people that will be hit the most with the advancement of AI and technology as, right. as Her companies move. Yeah. As, as the companies move to automate more and AI becomes more intelligent and more capable of doing more and more of our human based tasks, especially ones that are routine. So like you said, truck drivers, the transportation industry is, is poised to be hit the greatest uh, with automated driving. I mean, it's just, it's going to be a, a decimated industry from a, from a, from a driver perspective. Sure. Now, where we shift, there'll be new jobs created for sure, but where they'll be and how we can move people that are in the driver's seat, literally, and move them into positions or retrain them, that's where the questions lie. And so, yep. you know, I, I did mean to interrupt you, but yeah, it, it just reminded me of the point of, you're right, that those people do drive the economy. And I guess where you were going is that those people are probably really hungry and, and are, are, are great workers. 100%. Yes, absolutely. And as a business owner, you can get talent and resources out here for minimum wage, $10, $12 an hour, right? And these are people with, with no experience in IT, but they can all be trained and they're hungry for a career. And, you know, there's there's a lot of veterans that are coming back that you know, don't want to do some of those career dead end jobs. And, and these, these veterans and their families, I believe, deserve new opportunities. And so I'm just this guy that started a tech company, moved out to the country, and I'm creating apprenticeship programs, internships, and job training to help educate people, give them the experience so that these kids in high school can have a resume that can lead them to someplace else than a mine or driving a truck or logging. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm sure everybody that uh, is an adult would say, hey, you know what? I wish my kids could make more money than me. I wish they could have those opportunities to move to Seattle and work for Amazon and make six figures. You know, it's everybody wants the best and better for their kids. So I've created some really cool programs and partnerships that and, and community you know, training and outreach to just start sharing the knowledge and opportunity and experience with people. And that helps me, you know, b- get what we want done from a business perspective, even think of it like contractors, but it's also sharing the knowledge. And so I, I'm on a mission to make Missouri the epicenter for voice, because if I can help share the knowledge and if my company's fortunate enough to attract the opportunities that are endless out there, uh, and keep delivering on them, I can hire these veterans and minorities and and women and start training the kids to have a brighter future and deliver. So, you know, the opportunity is afforded to me because of where we're at and the demographics. 
sure the same thing could be done in the city, but I'm trying to help a different population, a different segment of the population with this. Because coming from the city where St. Louis is known as a hot, you know, tech startup hub, it's definitely the number one spot to start an agriculture business. Uh, there's tons of resources there. There's capital in these places, but you ha- you get none of that out in the rural places. They they might have a library, but they don't get the thought leadership. They don't get the exposure. And I've just decided, you know, to be the change I want to see in the world. And maybe if we have enough people do what I do, which is you know disruptive, we can break the cycle. And that's, that's, I'm just trying to make a little dent in it. So that- no, kudos for you, man. I mean, it's uh, to give other people opportunities that might not have them. I mean, one of the things that I'm always keen on is education. And, um, I've, I felt like in the recent, when I say recent, probably in the last 20 years, it seems like businesses have had to take a, a larger role in what I'll call like the re-education of, of the workforce because schools aren't doing it anymore. They're not producing the the types of people, the types of uh, careers, or the type of skills that the businesses now need, and the institutions are so slow at changing, and so people like you and other businesses, you know, that's why they've adopted continuing education programs. But also, it's because they're just not finding the people they need. They're looking at now. Companies are saying, "Give me people who," and and they've always looked for this. But it's when I when I talk to leaders in, in companies, their big thing is. Give me someone who can think, who's a critical thinker, whose who's ability to stay calm under pressure, and who is, is, is willing to kind of dive in where no one else is willing to dive. He said, I can take that person, and then I can train them to do just about anything. But if you give me people that, that don't have that same uh, critical thinking skill, then they're not really going to be helpful to me because that's what business isn't siloed anymore. You have to be able to think cross-discipline. You're no longer just IT. You're IT that's enabling business. So you need to be thinking across all the channels. And so guys like you, places like Amazon uh, that, are, that are helping people develop, it's, it's, a, it's, it's what we need. What we really need, though, is the edu- educational institutions to step up and change their curriculum to produce people that can be more effective in the world. Well, I, I see that happening. Um, I think you're, you you could go down a, can, a whole different path with that new can of worms, but um, I see I see it happening. For example, Arizona State University, one of our customers, I love them. They've been using Alexa for the past two three years. They gave away dots to their incoming freshman engineering class. They've rolled out skills. They've provided training classes and you know, meetups and hackathons, like they have absolutely embraced voice because they too believe how uh, it's going to impact our future. And we've seen other schools like St. Louis University who've developed skills around student life. Um, I don't, uh, all these schools are trying to offer development classes, cybersecurity. That's awesome. Um, So I can't fault them. I think they know they have to continually innovate. The opportunities, the like the career pathing that I see coming out of voice is um, both new and old. And it's new because you uh, voice applications are you know only one, two, three years old, you know, and that's that's more for developers. 
But when we work with enterprise businesses and brands to deliver the, the highest quality voice experiences, there's conversation design that has to occur. That's good for people who have, you know, good English and reading and, and who love writing. You know, you can take somebody like where I'm at and just say, hey, are you, do you like writing? Okay, let's teach you how to write conversations for these voice experiences. Then you need a developer and you need a project manager. That's one of the most key pieces to keep all this on track, you know, because some, some of our deliveries have been for six months for, you know, skills that the customers have paid five or six figures for when it's all said and done. They're in with the resources has as six figures. They paid us X, their team over six months, total, you know, investment that much. Um, you need people with project management skills to, to successfully deliver and provide onboarding, right? I mean, we offer opportunities like, hey, are you interested in social media? Why don't you intern with us and we'll teach you, you know, how to run our stuff and, you know, you get some new skills. So running a business, there's so many facets, right? Accounting, HR, et cetera. Um, I, schools are teaching people how to do that, but we've just got opportunity to share with anybody that helps them get a leg up to, to get that next job, you know? Yeah, are you still doing? And um, I know you were in the past. Are you still dabbling in the in the water lily farm? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I bought the largest water lily infrastructure in North America. It just I got lucky. I I, I like to say that it was um, we prayed awfully hard, and the, the best thing showed up when we least expected it. Had no option, but it just worked out. Um, and we grow water lilies there. They've been growing for 50 years. And uh, come springtime around Mother's Day, we've got tens of thousands of red, white, yellow, and pink water lilies blooming all over the place. And um, that's kind of my next thing. Once once I hang up my tech spurs, I'll I'll be off farming water lilies in my greenhouse and and waders in the pond and hybridizing plants and I've got a whole uh water lily career ahead of me when I'm really old. Well it's interesting. Are you using any AI or IoT or even voice to help manage the the water lily process that you got going? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm outfitting my greenhouse with IoT sensors that all you know integrate with Alexa voice experiences. So I can ask questions because I have these tanks that hold water uh, because we're growing water lilies. I've got 36 of them. And oftentimes you have to change the tanks out or you want to know what's the temperature, humidity level, uh, both of the air and the water temp and what's the amount of sunlight I'm getting. And there's all these factors that go into growing plants. And I'm fascinated by just you know, being in my house and being able to say, Alexa, show me the greenhouse and boom, on my Echo Show, the security camera comes up and then I could ask it other questions um, about, you know, the environment variables and, you know, what people, I love using technology to automate tasks. So, so for example, the Rocky, Rockio makes some water valves and, and like sprinklers that you can hack to basically cycle water containers. Um, like I, I watched a guy, I was, I was outfitting a chicken coop so they could say, Alexa, open up the chicken coop, right? Because it sucks 
going out to let the chickens out at six in the morning every day when it's cold outside. And especially <laughs> when they're like, uh, you know, a quarter mile away from your house. So you, I, how do you open your chicken coop and feed them water? I saw how a guy was watering them using Alexa. And that led me to go, oh my gosh, I can use that same tech to cycle all my tanks. Um, and some of these tanks are, you know, they hold 50 gallons of water. Uh, we're not talking about little volume of stuff here and, it, and you can get it very precise. So same thing goes with, if you want to mix in chemicals and nutrients. Uh, I've, I saw how some of the guys in the uh, the, the newly legalized medical marijuana industry are injecting um, nutrients through automation. And I'm like, man, I, I could like voice enable that type of stuff, but for my plants, you know? So um, I'm not doing a whole lot of AI yet. Um, I'm trying to record all the data because I'm, I'm coming in Greenfield where I need to have a good data set, you know, a year or two worth of statistics and data points to be able to start, you know, doing some intelligence around. You know, with your expertise in tech and in ag, have you tried to or worked in a way to, to, to try to capitalize in, in the agricultural industry to, to, to say, hey, you know, there's, there's power in voice here um, and, and we can help you automate, as you said, to take care of the automated task through voice or through IoT? Because, I mean, obviously where you are, there's, there's probably, or at least not too far from where you are, there's an agricultural uh, center that could probably leverage some of that. Absolutely. And I, I, I have to be cautious because we've got some stuff that I got to be sure I don't talk. Yeah. We're about. not NDA here, Bob. So right, just, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, every industry is looking at how they can integrate with voice to enhance their product, drive sales and marketing or increase efficiency and productivity for their employees. And, you know, I was talking to, I, I can share this. I was talking to a guy at Monsanto who is responsible for... You know, you just became the enemy of like half the country by saying that word. It's just talking to him. You know, <laughs> you know what? Every, it, it, it's, we all love the plants. I do it for the plants. But, you I know, do it you, for the plants. That's, that's going to be my quote for this podcast, by the way. I do it for the plants. That's right. Free the water lilies. But, you know, he's saying, hey, these, these farmers and tractors want to be able to understand what their soil uh, temperature is, moisture, right time of the year to plant it, you know, what are the instructions to plant it? And, you know, we're, we're just conceptualizing around, you know, that farmer in the tractor planting things and having the intelligence to know uh, a certain type of seed to plant in a certain area of the field because it has a different property and he's going to get a better yield, you know? So, yeah, we, we talk to a lot of ag. We're doing some interesting things uh, with other companies in the space. Um, it's no science. Everybody wants to be able to use your voice to get information and, and query, to get a, a number or a result very quickly. And so a lot of the um, ag testing, it's, it's just data that's residing in the cloud. And some high-level people just want to know, what, how did this thing work? Was it a success? And maybe some people in the field want to know just what's a, a, a number, a value, or a threshold, a window. Some of the other, I think I can talk about this one. We worked with a really big uh, German pharmaceutical company that integrated voice with their online 
science platform. Um, you can you can imagine a scientist in a wet lab. You know, the guy or girl wearing the white coat with glasses, wearing gloves next to the Bunsen burner, handling some chemicals that would burn their face off. And they have. And oh, you painted it. a pretty vivid picture there, Bob. Go, don't burn your face off. <laughs> but you have to stop and write down the notes for your experiment in the logbook, right? That's how we've kind of always done it. Now, we wrote an integration for them that allowed the scientists to just use Alexa to add notes to their experiment. And it worked great. You know, it's it's not for full dictation. It's, you know, Alexa, add note to experiment, added uh, heated sample and microwave for 30 seconds. You know, like just just quick little notes. And it worked great, but it also failed too. Because, the, I mean, that's a great use case and application for so many things. But when it comes down to science and exact record keeping for experimental procedures, Alexa doesn't always handle chemical terms or complex compound words that you would find in science. Um, or maybe it would add a, a character in a place it wouldn't. You know, I mean, there's, there's details that have to be followed in science. And we, didn't, we couldn't always capture them the right way. And that's just the way the platform behaved. Yeah, so, you bring up a, a great point because uh, one of my frustrations as a developer on the voice platforms has been there needs to be some... There, we're, we're still, if you're at the crawl, walk, run of a product, or, or a technology, we're still at the crawl phase. Um, and, and so what are, the, what are the biggest challenges, and you just gave one, that you see in the voice user experience or voice design experience where there needs to be you know, leapfrog evolution before we can really take it to the next level? Because like you said, like, even if you wanted to do something small, like a, a, a let's say a, a Pokemon skill, Tr- try to get Alexa to understand some of the Pokemon names and and interpret it correctly is really a challenge, mm-hmm. and that's something that's kind of like embedded in the pop culture of youth. So it's it's not like a, a a foreign term, but just something that simple is a challenge. Like you said, chemicals are a challenge. Sometimes mathematical equations. It's good with adding it, but if you want to add terms. Sometimes it gets confused. And I'm not pointing the finger at Alexa. I mean, this is all voice platforms. Oh, yeah. So, Correct. but what do you think were some of the changes that need to be made or challenges we need to get over to take it to the next level? Um, I think the natural language understanding, it's a constant and never ending improvement, right? I mean, getting some of those complex terms and just then understanding the context around them. I think all the platforms are starting to build in uh, context awareness, and that's just going to be something that's going to be uh, you know, a feature of, of all these products in the future. But one of the biggest ones is um, language translation and, and understanding. Uh, people with accents or if you're using a device in a, a foreign language, it can be challenging. We work a lot with you know, global brands that want to be able to do translations on the fly. And so the backend translation software, you know, it's always improving too. But I think that's an area that 
everybody in the voice um, industry needs to spend some focus on, especially on the AI side, is being able to understand those languages that are out there and be able to um, say something back in a language that it's the correct information. Yeah, I think people don't really understand the level of work that goes into some of this stuff. To because just just dialect or or the or the different uh, terms like soda versus pop, you mm-hmm. know, simple things like that. Even within a state, a, a single state in the U.S. can be quite different. And the accents across a given state, like if you go to North Carolina, that the accent can change quite drastically depending on the region. And that influences Alexa's ability to understand you. So even making a generic, quote unquote, consumer skill, it's hard because you have to kind of figure out, well, what's the, what are the 1,500 different ways someone can say this? Yeah. <laughs> and that's going to be a challenge. And until they master that, until we get the HAL, the HAL 9000, uh, it's really going to be a challenge to take it to the next level. I think, and I'd love to get your take on this. One of the things that I've struggled with is, a lot of the people that I interact with when it comes to voice, and it's not everyone, some of the bigger businesses definitely see it, say it, see it differently, but it's a, there's a, they look at it more as a gimmick or, oh yeah, my kid writes skills that does that. So they automatically, that kind of downplays the challenges in their mind of, well, how hard could this be? You know? And so there's a little bit of, of difficulty getting people to understand the, the power of it, but also the complexity, not just because it seems gimmicky, but because, you know, you can go on Alexa and there's, or even Google, there's just, you know, a cat skill, you know, like uh, let's hear background ocean noises, you know, love them. Don't get me wrong, but the, there's a ton of skills that are just kind of, they don't do much. Yeah. And, and so and- are you running into any of that challenge of trying to explain like, this is more challenging than you think? Um, I think it's just a, a frequently asked question and something that we have to educate our customers on every time because they don't understand what it's like. And the analogy that I use is like, listen, if you were to go and create your first website, would you hire your nephew to do it? No, it's going to look like crap. I've and used then, that same example. That's great. You, know, um, you, you get what you pay for, period. And there's good developers and bad developers and ones that have a lot like us have a lot of experience and know the full feature set and capabilities. Thus they can deliver a a great voice experience. Let me give you a demo of what we develop because this is the type of skill that sets the bar. In my opinion, let me set this up. Okay. Alexa, start mercy. Hello, good to hear from you again. How can I help you today? Find a doctor. Okay, what zip code do you want to search? 63629. I'm sorry, Mercy does not have any services within 25 miles of 63629. Is there another zip code you would like to search? 63146. Okay. What kind of doctor are you looking for? Pediatrician. There are 53 pediatric doctors within 25 miles of 63146. 
Would you like me to list the three closest doctors? Yes. The first doctor is Laird Henry Vermont, MD. His closest location is about three miles away. You can get the doctor's contact information or learn about the next doctor. Which do you choose? Schedule an appointment. To send you more information, I need to send a text to your mobile phone. What is your number? 314-397-2610. Let me make sure I heard you. Don't prank me. Your phone number is 314 <laughs> This is going out to the world. Correct? That's right. Just send your text. To view more information about the doctor, please click the link in the text I just sent you. Do you want to return to your search results? No. All right. Is there something Boom. else I can help you with today? Boom, I heard that. No. Sorry. Anything else I can help you with? No, thanks. Thanks for visiting. Come back anytime. That's a top-notch multimodal voice experience, okay? Let me break it down. We just did a live demo of Alexa on a podcast. How about that? Yeah, that's uh, that's a live skill. You, you have can Angel go through Podcast that. with Jason. Oh, oh, sorry, I had to hit the mute button there. So you started that, you got a really great audio message. It played an MP3. That's part of the branding experience. If I said, well, uh, if I started it again, I could have gotten another welcome back message. Um, that then I moved through this little menu, right? I could have asked about the company or find a doctor. I searched based on my a bad zip code. Like, hey, is your nephew or internal developer going to know how to handle errors properly? Are they even thinking at that level, let alone making it a good experience? So you saw how I got a good zip code. And then I basically had a whole list of doctors that I went through with my voice I scheduled an appointment and I had to jump off from Alexa to SMS because to meet HIPAA compliance, right? Does your internal team know how to hook into an API like Twilio to send email or text, Mr. Customer? I don't if they don't, we do, you know, and you had this really cool exit process that you went through. So, you know, the end result is this skill delivers business value. Because when people make appointments and they go to see a doctor, the business makes money. And they invested the resources and time to develop this because it's a new income stream. It's a new channel. Over 20% of the U.S. households have these devices now, and they're talking to them. And the whole experience is well thought out. Additionally, what you don't see behind this is the numerous pages of conversation design that documents what are all the things Alexa says and what can the customer say. And if they say this, what's the flow of all of that? You know, I went through what we describe as the happy path. I did, I strayed a little when I gave it a, a bad zip code, but there's like well thought out conversation design, documentation, code behind this, you know, there's, all sorts of thought that has to go into making it a good conversation-friendly experience and having it look good on screen devices. And you know, you can use some of the advanced features these days, like notifications. Uh, Amazon just released a location-based feature, so your, you know, it could have seen where my Alexa device was located and given me a, a 
you know, three mile away accurate zip code search instead of just a, you know, it's where I'm at instead of a generic zip code. Uh, there's all these capabilities that you have to know about that you can build in to make it great because here's what's wrong. If you do it and it for, and you have people experience it for the first time and it sucks, they won't come back. That's true. So yeah. It's just like mobile apps. Totally. Don't take that risk and hire anything but the best for your first skill. Like we, we develop the best and we hand it over for our customers to run and operate. You know, it's, it's just like a website. We'll, we'll bootstrap them and accelerate them, train them up and go, here you go. You're dangerous enough. Go do it. Or we provide a managed service too. you know, if they don't, if they want to focus on their core business. But I mean, it, it, it's, there's the devils in the details. You get what you pay for. And if you're going into a new market, don't do it uh, a half step by the best. You only cry once. No, That's, no, I agree. I mean, it. I've been down all the things you said. I've been down the the path on, and I, I've I I feel your pain on on on. You know, it's it's exciting to do, but it is it is a challenge. And um, I'm sure we'll look back in five or six years and go, "Wow, I can't believe we had to hand crank a lot of this stuff," <laughs> and and it's automatic now. But that that was a really cool skill, and there that's the thing. Like they're the things that people need to 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 see and hear more of that instead of and don't get me wrong the games are great they're fun they're engaging for people but the useful skills that can really make a difference in your life like how to find a doctor you know what i mean that's those things are critical and and people don't realize that they can do that now that hey look you don't have to pick up a phone you can just ask alexa or ask google um and she'll tell you what you need to know for the most part and if she doesn't someone will develop it trust me yeah and speaking of that have you worked at all with google home and and played around with that yeah absolutely we're voice agnostic i mean even though we're an amazon recommended agency an advanced tier partner we've got alexa champions on staff we're part of the development advisory council with them we are also a samsung bixby recommended agency we were part of their bixby 2.0 launch back in november uh we put up a couple capsules and we've developed google actions as well our customers really want to get into voice and they're asking for Alexa because that's what the, the consumers have. But we, we do it all. In fact, we've got a platform that we're market testing now that takes our customers' voice experiences and cranks them out to all of those platforms very easily. So, you know, it's, it's not for the super complex conversations, um, but... We're trying to take our customers and bring their voice to all the popular platforms. What are some of the trends you're seeing in voice? I mean, you're dealing with a lot of different customers. You're engaged in a lot of different arenas with with uh, councils. What are you seeing as the trends? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, the trend I'm seeing is everybody from a, a, a brand and enterprise business perspective is just putting their foot in the water. They're trying it out. They're trying to find the use cases that are good for business that have an ROI um, so that it's not just an experiment that isn't going to go anywhere or they, they roll out a skill that doesn't get value. Uh, I see businesses just trying to find the, the one thing to get started with to educate their audience and, and stakeholders about voice. So I can't pinpoint a certain thing other than people are trying to start small to get into it. Hmm. Are you, do you, what, where do you see it? 
because I've been trying to figure out that where do you see it in the next two years? Do you think it's going to really take off in the enterprise more than it has? Not that it's, it's not that people aren't excited about it because we're getting requests for it as well. It's just um, almost becoming more like a neat, a must have omni channel piece. Do you know what I mean? 100%. I, if you have a website, you will have an Alexa skill. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. It's, it's, at some point, this is just part of the omni-channel piece. You're going to have to have a chat bot. You're going to have to have voice. You have to have a website. You have to have a mobile app. That's correct. Yeah. Because it's really simple. Marketers know they have to meet their customers where they are. Yep. And when you have, what, what are they going to wait for? 50% of the population to have these devices before they get into it? That's silly. You need to get into it right now because it's like, I use the analogy a lot and, and the, the people I sell into understand it a lot. It's like getting Windows 95 for the first time, right? You'd used Windows 3.1 for forever and suddenly there's this new thing and people would install and try any piece of software on that new Windows 95 OS just because they could. And maybe I'm, I'm too long in the tooth now, but people get a new device, they want to play with it. And if you're not there, when they plug it in on day one, if you're their favorite brand and you're not there, you just missed out. I mean, that's a that's the worst thing a marketer could have happen. And so all they have to do is have a skill, advertise it so people know it's there and your loyal customers will use it. Yeah, I'm finding the same thing that your your rabbit fans will find you. 100%. Um, and it's, and we, we, you know, we also... Share. We're a software company, but we know how to successfully market skills. So we give our customers, uh, you know, some marketing plan, counseling, and consulting. Oh, here's what you have to do. And I think that's a really important thing that people are missing. Uh, where we're going to be in two years is um, there's going to be a lot of people that say they can do voice, but they have no experience doing it. Voice will be built into everything, cars, TVs, glasses and wearables. You know, it, we see it slowly penetrating through the smart home, uh, but, it, but it's just going to be everywhere because people are, teens especially, are using voice and the ease of use to do stuff and get information is only going to... It's only going to increase because when people you can just ask to do something that you normally have to look at a screen or mess with on a, on, a, on your phone, uh, the businesses are just going to change. So two years, I see almost every business getting into voice or having a voice experience or presence. Uh, a lot of players in the game. I think there's going to be some major consolidation that occurs next year in the voice space because the big players uh, the, the, the old bulls, they know how, they've, they've seen this before. They're going to let the young bucks like you and me get into market, build up some logos and base and the, the, the startups that are three years old with traction and good logos and know what the heck they're doing and have good process are just going to get bought up by the bigger guys that are going to have to create whole new practices around voice. And I think the enterprise IT people are going to, you know, one day the light bulb's going to go off or they're going to drink the Kool-Aid and they're going to start talking about shifting from cloud to voice. Because in my opinion, it's the same thing. It's just, you know, a 10-year delay on this curve and voice is the next big curve, just like cloud was. And 
Yeah, I think voice is is the tool. Mobile mobile apps are like this too, but I still still I still see people who just get confused, like especially older people on mobile devices. Um, but voice is the tool that I think can bridge that gap because my wife is not a technology fan at all. But when I we when we do Christmas here, we 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 really do Christmas here, and so every night you'd have to unplug, you know, ten fifteen different outlets. Well, well, when she could do it by voice, she was like, "Oh wow, this is super cool." And yeah. so it's it, that the light bulb goes off, like, "Oh, I didn't know I could do that." And then you can show, "Well, I can do all kinds of routines with this thing. Like, we can we can have it make coffee in the morning if you want." So it's it really is a, a powerful experience if it's done correctly. Um, and if we communicate it to people correctly, but, uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. It's, it's the next two years, it's going to be ubiquitous and you have to be on board if you're a company with it, or you're just going to get, you're going to lag behind. Yeah. I think right now is the time to get your foot wet with one voice platform, uh, get it figured out, build it into your strategy and roadmap and, you know, two years, it's just like having an app and being on the, Apple App Store and Google Play Store, right? you got to be in both. So they're going to have to have presence on Bixby and Alexa at a minimum, probably Google in the mix as well. Well, Bob, I really appreciate your time. This has been a ton of fun. It's good to catch up with you and uh, great to get your insight on voice and hear about all the great things you're working on. And uh, we really appreciate your time. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, I'd love to help out anyone that's listening. If you want to learn more, just uh, say Alexa, start Voice XP. You know, we've, we're voice first. So if you don't want to go to our website, just ask Alexa, start Voice XP. But if you're traditional, just go to voicexp.com. We've got a little chat bot on there. And if you talk to it, it goes straight to my phone. Um, that's the best way to engage with us. So if you want to learn more, voicexp.com, search for us on YouTube. We've got some really good demo videos up there. Um, if, and, and we don't even put the good demo videos up. We, there's, it's a pretty competitive industry. So if you want to see the good stuff, wear two pairs of socks, get on a, a demo call with me. I'm going to knock at least a pair off showing you what we can do with Alexa <laughs> help business. Going to knock your socks off. I love that's, that. That's pretty clever. Um, well, again, thanks, Bob. I appreciate your time. And, uh, I'm sure the audience got a lot out of this. So, uh, and the best of luck with the business. And I hope everybody hits your, uh, your website. Thanks. We'll keep trying. Take care. Thank you. I always love talking to Bob. He's a, an interesting character, a bright guy, and, and he works really hard to promote voice and help his community. As you saw, as I said, Bob before moved to basically the nether regions of Missouri to start his company. And his main goal is one, I mean, he wants to grow his business, but he's also trying to help people. He's also trying to help a community in need, help grow, help educate, and do his part to be the change you want to see in the world. And that's commendable. That's respectable. That's admirable. And I'd love to hear your feedback on this conversation. Again, you can reach me at Society Wire on Twitter, at Society Wire on Instagram, or you can get me by email at bob at societywire.net. Tell us who you'd like to hear from on the podcast. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what kind of interviews you want to hear, and some of the topics you'd like to talk about. And I'd actually like to get some of the listeners on the podcast as well. So if you're interested, 
reach out to us. And if I don't talk to you before New Year, which I probably will, I want everyone to have a happy and healthy and safe New Year. And uh, let's make it a great one. And until next time, we'll see you later.